And so I'm going to consider some thoughts on fear here again today. Uh, we looked at last week, again, some thoughts along the lines of, does your life show that you fear God? Does your life show that you fear God? In the midst of, again, all the fears around the world, again, the environments, uh, environmentalist fear, again, the destruction of this world, I believe some patriots fear the loss of uh, liberties in our country and, again, are concerned about the lawlessness of societies and that of around the world. Again, as people are concerned about fears that they might have in, uh, in different areas of their life, there's one fear that we all should have, and that is that we should fear the Lord. This is the first and most basic duty of man. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 and 14. I want to reread these from last week's message. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. And we're going to consider some more thoughts on fear here this morning as we consider this thought, how the God-fearing are blessed of the Lord. How the God-fearing are blessed of the Lord. Let's pray as we consider this thought here from the Word of God. Father, thank you again for your word here today and ask, Lord, that you would just help us again to present the truth in a, a way that would please you and, and again give glory to you again as we Consider the word of God here today, Father, I pray each one of us will uh, search the scriptures of ourselves to see whether these things be so. And as we uh, get light from the word of God, we get truth from the word of God, help us to embrace it and believe it. And uh, for those who maybe aren't saved here today, to trust in it. Bless this time as we consider the word of God here today. We pray this in Jesus' name for sake. Amen. And we see the most basic duty of man here in the Bible is in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse number 13, 14. And it is for us to fear God, and that is for our benefit. The Bible says this, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. God shall bring every work into judgment, whether uh, secret, every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. It may be very easy for us to be concerned about what's going on around the world. As again, we see again turbulence, we see chaos in many places in the world. We see world leaders coming out, we see people kneeling uh, for particular reasons. We see people protesting, we see lootings, we see all kinds of different things uh, going around the world. And to be honest with you, I don't know that watching those things and, and looking to those things does Christians really a lot of good. I don't think it does. I don't think it does me any good. I don't think it does really a Christian very much good to look at the lawlessness, the looting, all the things going on around in the world. I mean, even, even to some degree, just seeing things that aren't natural don't really do us any good. I won't get into details about that really today, but there are things that are being promoted as things that we should do that are not natural. Again, as children look at these things, I believe they are confused. They, again, I believe they are fearful. They are in places where they should not be. I, I know there are people that are frustrated. There are people that are fretting. There are people that are angry. There are people today that are burning down buildings because of different things and thoughts that they're going through today. But it's the chaos, the panic, the frustration, the fears, and all these things 
are going on in the world around us here today, I think it's good for us to consider a message that should comfort every Christian. And I want to take you to the uh, book of Psalm, and we're going to read through Psalm 115 here today, and we're going to consider some thoughts on uh, the Lord and, and the fear of the Lord and, and how the fear of God leads to a blessed experience in the Christian life. Again, we can look around the world and we can be downhearted, depressed, and discouraged by what's going around the world, but we can also be encouraged by the Word of God that would encourage what, a, what we should do uh, during any time in life. Psalm 115, if you want to write off to the uh, uh, side of your Bible, you can write off the Word if you like. I do this in the book of Psalms, Comfort. That is one of the themes of this particular song is to comfort. And many of the Psalms were given to comfort. And songs many times do comfort. And so keep that in mind when it comes to the psalm. This is a, a psalm, I believe, of comfort. It should comfort the believer that trusts in the Lord. Psalm chapter 115, let's begin by reading verse number one. It says, not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, where is now their God? But our God is in heaven. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. Their idols are silver and gold. The works of man's hands, they have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. They have hands, but they handle not. Feet have they, but they walk not. Neither speak they through their throat. They that make them are like them. So is everyone that trusts in them. O Israel, trust thou in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord hath been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more. You and your children, ye are blessed to the Lord, which hath made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. But the earth hath he given to the children of men. The dead praise not the Lord, neither any that go down in silence. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth, and forevermore. Praise ye the Lord. This morning I want to look at this thought, how God, fearing people, are blessed of the Lord. Let's consider this thought from the Word of God. Father, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you again for this time we can meet. Father, I know uh, for many of us we have been, I believe, at times discouraged, frustrated, fretful concerning uh, the future and all the things that are going on maybe in our world and and I believe in many times in history, people have been wondersome and worrisome concerning the future. And as we may be in that same place today, I pray, Lord, that we as believers that trust in the Lord for our soul and our salvation would also trust the Lord with our life and circumstances even today. Bless this time as we consider the word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Do we trust the Lord? You know, our American motto is, in God we trust. And I, I believe it's very hard sometimes to trust the Lord. 
especially sometimes when you don't know what to do. Or maybe you don't understand how you have very little control over what your government does or what society does. As again, you see the world, I believe, in many ways in chaos here today. And that's how I would describe it. It's just in chaos. I mean, not just America, but London, France, all around the world, you see places in chaos. People doing things that, I mean, you would look back if you were standing back a year ago and you would say, how did we get here? Why are we doing this? I mean, you think about the regulation that's even taking place when it comes to worship. I mean, this is, this is almost uncanny if you think about worship. You know, they're trying to mandate how we worship in the house of God. I mean, if you're going to have musicians playing music in the house of God, they should be six feet apart in the house of God. You know, if you're going to meet as a church, you need to have at least six feet distance between every person in the church. If you're going to be meeting for church, you need to be less than 10 or less than 50, or less than 100. Let me ask you a question. How can a church body assemble if the body is 1,000? It cannot assemble. And then, you're say, then they say, the government says, well, then you're forced to worship this way, or worship that way. I wonder if our Baptist forefathers and Christians that were martyred would have allowed for the world to dictate how we should worship or when we should worship, or if we can worship, or if we can meet to worship. Americans died for freedom in our country. And you know some that died, I believe, to keep our country free. We know some, I believe, I know personally men that went to Afghanistan and Iraq. I know, again, people that served in World War II. We used to have a World War II vet in our church. There are people that served in South Korea and Vietnam and all kinds of different places in the world so that we might have freedom, and I believe especially freedom of religion and freedom of press and freedom of speech. And this isn't a message along that lines, but I want to encourage you here today to see how that we, despite whatever happens in the future, what happens with you or with me or anyone in this society, that we indeed, as God-fearing people, are blessed of the Lord. You might agree with the government and what they've asked us to do. You may disagree with what the government asked us to do, etc. And I, I get that, and I understand that. And I, I know there are very degrees of people, again, when it comes to trusting government, trusting the Lord, and trusting the experts, and trusting all these different things. But I want to ask this question. Do we trust the Lord? This is one of the great themes of this particular book, and this particular uh, chapter, this particular song in the Bible. Verse 11 says, Ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Does it say anything about, you know, here in the Bible, does it says, Ye that fear the Lord, the government of America is our help and our shield? Certainly, again, our, our government should probably be that, but again, it doesn't say that. It says, our God is our help, he's our shield. It says in verse number 12, it says, the Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord. Again, verse 13, that's us. That's me and you. That, I'm not a part of the house of Aaron. I'm not of the house of Israel, but I am part of the people that fear the Lord. 
both small and great. doesn't matter, again, where you are in society. doesn't matter if you're poor or rich or somewhere in between. God will bless them that fear the Lord. Verse 13, that's a good verse. I have that asterisk in my Bible because I think we need to understand that he will bless them that fear the Lord. Why is America, or why has ever America been blessed? Because God blessed those that feared the Lord and that fear the Lord even today. In verse 14, it says, The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Ye are blessed the Lord which made heaven and earth. Some may panic, some may fret, some may fear, some may fight. But what should Christians be doing in a time like this? We should be trusting the Lord. That's one of the main thoughts found in this passage of Scripture the Bible talks about there in verse number 12, the Lord has been mindful of us. It's not like he's not considering us. Look at verse number two. It says, wherefore should the heathen say, where is now their God? Where is now their God? You know, down through history, people have accused God of not being there or not being in control. I mean, I hear sometimes when it comes to different things that, you know, God is not around. God is not involved. God is not you know, knowing what's really going on and around the world, etc. But he is here and he is in control. And so I just want to consider some thoughts here that hopefully can comfort you from this passage of Scripture as we consider how the God-fearing are blessed of the Lord. How are they blessed of the Lord? Well, it says there in verse number, uh, verse number, uh, sorry, verse number three, it says there, it says, O Israel, trust thou in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Ye that fear the Lord, trust the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Sounds kind of repetitive there, but it's teaching something. That God is the help of God's people. And so again, as we think about, again, those, again, that do fear the Lord, the God-fearing, how are they blessed? They are blessed with the help of the Lord. He still is our help. He will ever be our help. He will ever be our shield. He is our Lord. He is our master. The heathen of this world may look around and they turn to their idols. The Bible talks about them. They have their idols, verse 4. Their idols are silver, gold, the works of their hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. They have the eyes, and have they, but they see not. They have ears, and they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. Hands have they, they handle not. Feet they have, they walk not. Neither speak with their throat. They that make them are like them. So is everyone that trusts in them. The heathen do trust too. They trust in their idols. They trust in things other than God. They trust in government. They may trust in Buddha. They may trust in some other false religion. But God is not their help. God is not there primarily to help them. You know, God will take us through valleys. God will take us through times where we'll feel like we've been pressed on every side and pressed without measure. We'll find ourselves in trials and difficulties in, in life, and yet at those times and difficulties in life, we find believers finding the help of the Lord. 
Psalm 116, notice in the next chapter there, verse number six through eight, the Bible says, the Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low and he helped me. Return unto my rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. For he has delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from falling. Here the psalmist writes of God helping him. He's delivered my soul from death. He's delivered my soul from hell if you're saved today. He's delivered you from the second death. Mine eyes from tears. God delivers Christians from times of tears to times of joy and comfort that follow after. He again delivers us and keeps our feet from falling. God is our help in times of trouble. You've experienced and I've experienced times of financial trouble, maybe family trouble, even seas of fear trouble, whatever it might be. And again, you think about today, God has been our help through this time of pandemic. We've experienced the help of the Lord. He's helped me through the word of God. I hope he's helped you through the word of God. I know he's helped many through the word of God. He is our help. And he is our shield. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 13. You know, the world is concerned about many things. And, and I, I believe, again, I understand, again, there are th things to be concerned about. You know, people talk about the economy. They talk about government overreach and all those kind of things. I, you know, I didn't think I'd ever be in a, in a place where I, I'd see Americans, you know, readily accept contact tracing. Did you? You know what contact tracing is. That's like, I'll just take, take Andy. Let's say if you had COVID-19, Andy, and uh, you voluntarily allowed for contact tracing, you would allow for the government to, to basically come along and say, just let us know wherever you've been. In fact, just allow me to allow us to have your cell phone. And you don't have to really do anything. Just allow for me to have this cell phone. This cell phone will tell me everywhere you go, everywhere you travel, Whoever you are around, et cetera, just give me the control here. And again, I'm not sure about exactly how much control they have there. I just know that with contact tracing, you basically give over the, the ability to say, you know, whoever I'm around, whatever I'm around, et cetera, I'm going to allow for someone to trace me. And someone says, well, what, what's wrong with that? What's, what's the big deal about that? Uh, that could be abused and misused, could it not? It certainly could be. As we look again around the world, we might say, well, where's our help in this time? It's a very difficult time. I mean, we're in a time where we seem pressure, where we're, we're perplexed, I believe, in many different ways and pressed about with different situations. And it, it's not just today or, or yesterday or in other times, but we need the help of the Lord. Hebrews 13, verse number five and six. You know, the Lord can turn to their idols. They got nothing there. They got eyes they don't see. They, got, they may have ears. Or, you know, someone you know, made this idol. that It can't do anything for them. But the Bible says here in Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 5 and 6, it says, Let your conversation be without covetous and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, so that you may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. Someone says, I'm, I'm fearful about what man could do to me with tracing and all these different things going on. I understand that, I, that a person could fear, but 
The Bible says we may boldly say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Everybody needs help. And God gives us help. The only one that can truly help us in many different facets of life is God to help us. The student needs the Lord's help to be able to study, to function, to be able to, again, gain knowledge and wisdom and, and learn maybe something or study something. A preacher needs help, like myself, to know what to preach or not to preach or what might be pre preached, etc. Every one of us need help. And we can count on one person to help us. That's God. Now, I remember the story, again, that was told to me a long time ago by Brother Berg. And most of you know Brother Berg is. You know, he was the pastor of Grafton Baptist Church there in Grafton, North Dakota. But I remember him telling me a story of, about him in a snowstorm. And it was really bad. And he, he knew that more likely he would end up in the ditch. And he did end up in the ditch. And when he ended up in the ditch, the first thing he did is says, God help someone to find me. And I can't remember what storm it was in and what year it was in or whatever it might be. But he cried to the Lord, said, God help someone to find me. I'm in the ditch. He was in the ditch. And what happened? Along comes a police officer, not long after them, to help him. You say, where did he get that help from? He got it from the police officer. I understand that. But he got that from the Lord. You know, there are many times in life that we cry out for help as believers. And we can count on one to give us help. And again, sometimes again, we might say, well, I don't know how I'm going to do this or, or what I'm going to do in this situation, but the Lord can come along and help. Again, there are many different things I've experienced in life that I've had to ask the Lord for help. Can I get personal a little bit today? One of the most difficult times in my life was when Chris died. Chris Watkins. And during that time, again, one of the most difficult times there was, what should I teach or preach on at his funeral? And again, to see someone that I had brought to church. Some of you guys maybe don't know that. Help bring Chris Watkins to church. Someone, again, who looked up to me and came here to Valley City helping the work and that sort of thing. To see him die tragically. I thought about different things to preach on. And I thought, you know... As I looked at the Word of God, I, I kind of thought about Saul. And I'm not going to say a whole lot of things about Saul, but the mighty had fallen. The mighty had fallen. And, I, and as I preached at that funeral, I, I, I draw some thoughts from that text there. Sometimes the mighty do fall. And I found, again, that I, I needed help to preach a message to people that needed comfort, and God was there to help. You know, there's another time. This is, again, a very most difficult time where I believe the Lord helped me. I'm not just talking about just help generically. I'm talking about the Lord especially helping me. It's October 14th. I believe it was 2009 or 10. I can't remember. Well, my brother had been hit by a car in an accident over in Jamestown, North Dakota. And uh, most people maybe don't remember exactly what happened. I don't remember all the details of what happened that night, but I knew this. I needed to drive to Fargo, North Dakota to be with my brother Kevin. 
And I'll tell you this, I've never driven on ice like that before. I've never been in a situation where it was so difficult to drive. I remember talking to my wife, what vehicle should I take? Back then we had a minivan and we had uh, Old Betsy, right? You know Old Betsy still, well Evan's using Old Betsy right now. Well who's got the best tires, I thought to myself. Well Old Betsy does. Old Betsy probably hope we can stay on the road. I, I know Old Betsy, I mean I could drive Old Betsy, I can, I, can, I can get down the road with that car, but you know, as I went down the road, driving to Fargo was so difficult. It was so difficult to drive. They closed down the interstate right after me. Closed it down October. October 14th, sun and storm said they closed down the interstate right after me. I got to Fargo. As I drove to Fargo, I was asking the Lord, help me. Help me not to go in the ditch. Help me not to have somebody come along because I can't really uh, see what's going on as far as this, this storm is going and maybe run in the back of me because I'm not traveling that fast. Asking help of God. For God's people, they can ask help. You know, I think about what the God-fearing have. They have the help of the Lord. They always and ever will have the help of the Lord. No matter how it gets bad in, in a society, they always have the help of the Lord. A childlike plea from a brother bird to help me, allow God to help him during a time of storm. Helping me through difficulties I've experienced in life. And there are more experiences I could talk about. But you think about the world. The world has no help besides God. You know, the Frau's prophets will come along, I believe, someday, and they'll say, we're here to help. The Antichrist will come along someday, and he'll say, I'm here to help. False prophets come along, and they say they're here to help, but they are of no help. They aren't going to help you. You need the help of the Lord. You know, as I go through life and I think about how God has helped me since the day I've been saved, May 27th, 1989. He has been my help. And the God-fearing are help to the Lord. I've also been helped by my wife, let me add that. Uh, Proverbs 18, verse 22 says, Whosoever findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth fear of the Lord. Been helped of my dear wife. The God-fearing are blessed with the help of the Lord. Let's turn to Psalm 115. Okay, we could just stop there if we wanted here today, and that would be a full message to just understand how the Lord doth help his people. He helped Israel. He helped the Elsa Aaron. He's helped us. He's helped people down through history. I mean, I understand, again, where someone might call out for help in a time of distress, and along God will help. Someone maybe to help somebody else through the prayers that we offer to the Lord. Psalm 115, verse number 1, the Bible says, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Skip to verse 11, it says, Ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. 
Verse 12 says, The Lord hath been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. As we think of how the God-fearer helped, the Bible tells us that God cares for us in particular. He cares for us in particular. Verse number 12, just like I care for my children in particular. More than I care for the rest of the children of the world, I care for my children in particular because they're my children. God cares for his children in particular. No one is there. Verse 12, it says he has been mindful of us. Doesn't say mindful necessary of all people, although he is mindful of all people, but in particular, God is mindful of us. He has blessed us to be our friend, to be our guide, to be our savior, to die in our place. He has cared for us. More than anybody else in this world, the Lord hath cared for us. He is mindful of us. We have a heavenly father that cares for us. We have a personal savior that died for us. We have a friend that sticks closer to a brother that is near to us. We have a counselor that is there to help us and sustain us. God does care for us. The Lord will bless them that fear of the Lord, both small and great. You say, why? Because he doth care for us. What is man that thou art mindful of him? Psalm chapter 8, verse 8 says, God is mindful of all people, but especially mindful of his own children. You know, if there was an accident that took place in a city or town or some incident happened around the country, maybe a storm ravaged, you know, Valley City, etc., who would you be concerned about most here? If you were maybe out of state and maybe you were part of a family that knew a family in Valley City, you would be first to call some of those people you care about. And God doth care for us. Turn back to Deuteronomy chapter 26. And when we're talking about he doth care for us, we're talking about the house of Aaron, the house of Israel, and for God's people, generally speaking. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 26 here and uh, verse number 6 through verse number 11, Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse number 6, it says, the Egyptian, And the Egyptians evil entreated us, and afflicted us, and laid upon us hard bondage. Doesn't sound like, again, a very good time in the history of God's people. They laid upon us hard bondage. And, and when we cried unto the Lord God our fathers, the Lord heard our voice and looked upon our affliction and our labor and our oppression. And the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand, with an outstretched arm, with a great terribleness, with signs and wonders. And he brought unto this place and hath given unto this land, even the land which floweth the milk and honey. And now behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land, which, O Lord, has uh, given me. And, and thou shalt set it before the Lord thy God and worship before the Lord thy God. And thou shalt rejoice in every good thing which the Lord thy God hath given thee, and unto thine house, thou and the Levite and the stranger which is amongst us. Rejoice in the care of the Lord. The good things, every good thing. You know, it's easy for us to look around and look at all these bad things that seem to be happening to people around the world. It's easy for us to focus on things that 
where it seems maybe he doesn't care for us. Where is the Lord? Psalm 119, uh, uh, Psalm 150, verse number two. Where, where's your God? Where's he at? Let's go back there. Where is God? Where's God in all this? Verse 3, it says, But our God is in the heaven. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. God is allowed. God is still there. God is still on the throne. God is still working. Men may, again, be in a place of oppression. The Bible says affliction. Verse number, uh, chapter 26, that's where Israel was at. That's where we may be headed. That's where, again, people find themselves in at times, affliction and oppression. God was there for them. Turn to Isaiah chapter 63. Someone might say, well, will God be there for us? I'm looking forward to the rapture. I'm looking forward to the return of Jesus Christ. Well, he'll take us out of this world, this wicked world we live in, this world that's getting more like Lot every day and like the days of Noah every day. Talk about violence. What do we got going on? A lot of violence going on. Talk about wickedness. Talk about, again, sexual perversion, etc. Can't figure out today whether you're a man or a woman or a boy or a girl. I mean, just think about that. How, 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 how God thinks of something like that? What do you think God thinks about some of that? Isaiah 63. What do you think God thinks about the, all these things going on in society? I believe he's grieved by that. Just like he was grieved during the days of Noah. It grieved him in his heart, the wickedness of that generation. Isaiah 63, verse number 9, it says, In all their affliction he was afflicted. The angel of his presence saved them. In his love and his pity he redeemed them and bare them and carried them all the days of old. God took care of God's people. He hears, he looks down, he pities God's people. Even when we mess up, and certainly Israel messed up, again, God came along and delivered them and helped them in their tribulation, in their wanderings, their oppression, their uh, affliction, their hard labor, their suppression. They were all in. God was there to help them. Let's turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. You know, we're familiar with or hopefully you're becoming familiar with this verse here Romans chapter 8 verse number 28 all things work together for good to them that love God to them that are called according to his purpose God has a purpose in everything that takes place in our life and he has promised to be there for us and to work all things together for good to them that love God but notice here towards the end of the chapter Romans chapter 8 verse number 35 through verse number 39 Despite what might happen in this world, there's nothing that can separate us from the tribulations, the distresses, all the afflictions and things that might take place in the world or around us. Notice here, Romans chapter 8, verse number 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written, for they, thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angel, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. 
We count on one thing for sure, that God will care for us. I'm persuaded, verse number 38, that neither death, nor life, nor angel, nor principality, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Nothing is going to separate us from the love of God. So we think about how the God-fearing, especially, are blessed. We see again, they're blessed with the care of the Lord. And I want to consider one last thought here from Psalm 115. Psalm 115 here. And uh, let's consider here in verse number 12, the Bible says, The Lord have been mindful. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless the house of Israel, the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. How are the God-fearing blessed? With heavenly blessings that only can come from the Lord. From heavenly blessings that only can come from the Lord. The Bible says there in verse 14, the Bible says, The Lord shall increase you more, you and your children. Ye are blessed, the Lord, which made heaven and earth. There are some spiritual, supernatural blessings that can only be given to us of the Lord. The world will not partake in these until they have a relationship with the Lord. Let's turn to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. The first heavenly blessing that comes from the Lord that all mankind needs, everyone in society needs, every person in every country needs, is eternal life. This is a blessing given to us of the Lord. In 1 John chapter 5, verse number 11, it teaches us how we get this blessing from the Lord. It says, And this is the record that God hath given us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath the Son hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. The three big blessings that we can get from the Lord that I want to just talk about briefly. First of all, there's eternal life. Do you have eternal life? You either have it or you don't. You see that verse number 12. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. You've got life or you don't have life. You have eternal life or you're awaiting eternal death. How many people are so blessed to the Lord in having eternal life? Those that have it. And certainly those that can obtain it. 1 John chapter 5, verse number 20, we see also in the Bible another thing that we find as a blessing from the Lord, a heavenly blessing that we can get from the Lord. We cannot get it from the idols of society, the government, or anything along that lines. It says this in verse number 20, And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in the, his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life, that we may know him that is true. Do you know him? Do you either really know him or you don't know him? You know him in, in again, a salvation, or you don't know him in salvation? How are people blessed the Lord? By knowing 
the Savior, by knowing Jehovah God, by knowing the Creator. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 9. There are people all around the world that they may have riches, they might live in the Middle East, they might have mansions, they might have you know, multitudes. Some, some people, again, live in polygamous societies, they have multiple wives and multiple children, they have all kinds of different things. They, again, have these fancy cars, they may own a Lamborghini, they might own a Camaro, they might have all kinds of different things, they might uh, have, again, all the things that maybe life could offer, but they don't have a knowledge of Him. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 24 says this, Let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord that exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. If you want to be glory, you want to be glad, you want to be boasting, you want to be excited about something, be excited about this, that he understandeth and knoweth me that you know the God of heaven, that you know the God of heaven and salvation, that you know we have him and you have the knowledge of eternal life. These are things that are heavenly blessings. Turn to Colossians chapter 1. One final thought here I want to look at here tonight. Uh, sorry, this morning, Colossians chapter 1 and uh, verse number 10. Colossians chapter 1, here verse number 10, the Last thing I want to consider here that you can have by Jehovah God, you can't have by a false God, or you can't have by a false religion, is simply this, forgiveness of sins. Do you have it? Do you have forgiveness of sins? Do you have pardon from your sins? Colossians chapter 1, starting verse 10, it says, That you may walk worthy of the Lord on all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with the might according to the glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers in the inheritance of the saints of life. Notice this verse, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his sons, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Redemption and forgiveness. Heavenly blessings. I'm blessed to have my sins forgiven. I wouldn't like for anybody to know the sins of my past. I wouldn't like for, again, people to, again, consider and have my sins brought before me, before God, someday. As all things will be manifest there, as it mentions there in Ecclesiastes and other places in the Bible. We are blessed to have our sins forgiven all the sins that we've, we, again, sin against God. Sins of lying and lust and stealing and selfishness and covetousness and, and pride and self-righteousness and blame shifting. You can go down with all the sins of your life and my life, the sins of hypocrisy or stubbornness or self-will, disobedience, scoffing, uh, greediness, jealousy. I just wrote down a bunch of sins that I've been forgiven of. Again, uh, impatience, gluttony, anger, all these sins, all of them forgiven. We're so blessed, the Lord, to have these things forgiven. Someone said, I'm so blessed to be American. I understand you might say that, but you're blessed more in having your sins forgiven. In fact, let's turn to Luke chapter 10, there, verse number 20. I'm going to, again, just look at this verse, and then we're going to close going back to our, our text there. Luke chapter 10, verse number 20. Luke chapter 10, people can be excited about maybe what they can do or the achievements they are involved with, or maybe, again, the service for God that they've been involved with, etc. 
But notice here in Luke chapter uh, 10 here and verse number 17. I'm going to read down to verse number 20. I want you to especially notice verse number 20, the last few words there. In verse 17 it says, And the 70 returned with, again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to us in thy name. They're excited about this. They're joyful. And he said unto him, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I have given you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over uh, power of the enemy. Nothing shall in any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not. Not that you won't be hurt. Not that you'd be given power. It says, notwithstanding, rejoice not, but the, the serpent's subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. What a blessedness to have our names written in heaven, to have our sins forgiven, to have our sins forgotten. Hebrews 10 talks about our sins being forgotten. Their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. Psalm chapter 115, we're going to close here today. Are you a God-fearing person that's blessed to the Lord? I am. We as Americans are, if we're God-blessed Americans and saved Americans, we are certainly much blessed to the Lord. Psalm, 112, Psalm sorry, 115, verse number 12 through verse 15. Again, a psalm of comfort. We need to trust in the Lord, as it says there in verse number 11. Ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He's their help, their, their help and shield. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more, ye and your children. Ye are blessed the Lord, which made heaven and earth. What a good psalm. What a good song. It teaches us that God will help us. God will ever care for us and love us. God will ever give us heavenly blessings as this world may not experience. Eternal life, the knowledge of God, the forgiveness of sins. You are blessed, the Lord. Keep those things in mind as, again, we go through these difficult times together.